Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Free and Figuring It Out. I am Verity. And I am Sherelle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So what am I figuring out this week? I'm figuring out my soul, the very, very small topic of my soul. Um, Basically, for though I've not really spoken about spirituality for a little while, um, but for those of you who are um, old school listeners, um, I'm, you know, it's a big part of my life and um, I kind of go in peaks and troughs with how much I spend as a as a you know in terms of time of energy um and uh, then that affects on you know how much I speak about it on here but I recently started a course um it's by Rebecca Campbell who I don't know if you've heard of Sherelle you probably have she's have I heard of her oh my god light is the new black <laughs> yeah. literally was one of those books where I was like oh like I actually have very mixed views about her now and I've gone a bit of a journey with her but Light is the New Black once when I get my books back people I will talk to you about that book <laughs> that's so funny you just said that because I've been on a journey with her as well so in summary Light is the New Black and what was the other one that she did Rise Sister Rise really famous one My Sister Rise yeah um, so they were two of the first books that I ever read when I sort of started my spiritual journey, um, along with like Gabby Bernstein. And um, so they they meant so much to me. And then I was sort of like obsessed with her for like a period of time. Then I bought tickets for um, a workshop that she did um, at a London like mind body festival thing for my friend's 30th birthday. It was actually on her 30th birthday. Um, and I met her and I got a really weird vibe from her and I just stopped following her. I stopped everything to do with her. It was really weird. Anyway, some reason this through Hay House, obviously the kind of center of all things spiritual, came this course that she was doing and just like it was like a hell yes in everything, every part of me. And I was like, no, like, I don't really want to do another call. You know, I'm just I'm focusing on other things. But there was just something in me that was like, you just have to do it. So I was like, okay. And I think what I'm finding at the minute is because I've done so much inner work on myself um, over these past few years, and this isn't to show off. I'm just saying that I've spent a lot of time figuring stuff out within (laughs) me and the bigger universe and everything that sometimes I'm finding at the minute I will um, read a book or I will do like a mini course or listen to a podcast and I'm a bit like yeah 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 I kind of I kind of get that I kind of do that you know and it's nice to have that confirmation but I'm not really learning or growing so this course for me is helping me really expand because it's about our soul our soul's journey um that you know some of you may now be like oh my gosh what is this woman going on about but I believe I've had many past lives I've been told I've had many past lives 
Someone's told me I was an Egyptian um, queen who was killed by the family of her husband. Um, I've done like past life regressions where I've been a witch. Um, I've been told that I've been part of an African tribe. Um, like, and I still don't take this with full like, yeah, definitely. But I know I've had many past lives. Someone told me that I was in Atlantis. So like, that means I've, my soul has been alive for God knows how long. So it's quite interesting, like going through this because there's a lot there to like go through and stuff. Um, so I just, I think I'm at a point in life where I think I know my purpose, but I want confirmation of that and that's really why I'm doing this also to sort of alongside working with therapists and and things like that also to sort of undo some trauma that may be ancestral or whatever it may be so I'm, I'm working through that um which is crazily woo woo and I'm absolutely loving every single second there's a workbook that is 160 pages and it's basically videos and I'm working through um everything and yeah I'm really I'm really loving it I'm really I've never really gone this deep into like soul work um and I I do truly believe in the soul because I've had so many things happen to me that I cannot explain other than having past lives and my soul being an old soul um so it's kind of just helping me understand me a bit more if you see what I mean and one aspect that was interesting Charlotte, that you may find interesting that's a bit more practical was your name and what your name means and if that can guide you to your purpose so my name I've always known my name Verity is from Veritas which is truth in Latin and that's always been something that's has sat with me since the minute I knew what it meant and something that is so glaringly strong in me now that my work has to be about truth in Mm. somehow and that's why I've probably started the authentic day revolution um Amy my middle name which is spelled a bit differently means beloved and then brown which I was like oh my god this is so boring like you know brown is such a common name but it sort of means like the person with like um, brown hair or brown skin or brown eyes. And I don't know, maybe that's more connected to my um, sort of uh, Celtic roots um, that I have. And yeah, so it's it's been, so that's quite interesting. I don't know if you know what your name means. I have means, no sure. idea what my name means, but I will look it up because yeah, it might be an interesting mm-hmm. one. And it sounds like you're too, so super like in it and getting lots from it and that's like the thing I want I really like to hear that because so many times we can have courses that (laughs) are not doing that great so I'm really happy that you found one that works and there was one thing um definitely like that when you're talking about like traumas and like old um like ancestral trauma that's one of the things actually I think I'm going to probably over the next year look into because someone mentioned it to me a while ago and I thought oh I do wonder because there is sometimes where I think this doesn't feel like the the block is coming from me like especially I think a lot of the works I do around like mindset blocks yeah. and stuff and you're like it's not me it's, it's like mm. I feel it but it's I don't have a necessarily reason why and it's like actually some, quite often it's because you're carrying it forward so I think it is really interesting work I, again I'm not 100% sure all what I believe in but I genuinely think 
you only learn more. I don't think actually it ever makes a situation worse. Does that make sense? Doing that work? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. yeah. And so, yeah, that's me. And what I do think was interesting though, you said like, you know, you listen to podcasts, you do educational stuff, and sometimes you think you're not expanding. And that connects quite closely to what I'm trying to figure out, which is whether to work with a financial advisor or not. So we are about to, this is the last episode before we do our fabulous money mini series. And as part of that mini series, we had the fabulous Lisa Conway Hughes is on and she is a financial advisor. And so I asked a question around um, at what point should someone start to work with a financial advisor? Because there is more and more financial education out there in the world. And I'm super excited for that. And I'm really glad. And I'm really glad to also be helping to bring more of that into the world. But there is also a point where you do need to work out, can I do this by myself or should I get with a professional? And I'm, mm. I've been feeling more and more that I'm, you know, I've, I would say I've got a good financial education. Like I, I think it's a real good standard. But I'm like, actually, for where I want to go next, do I need to get some financial advice? And Lisa Conway Hughes gave us a few questions to ask. Um, I'd already, I've already been in this process. I've had a few conversations with a certain financial advisor. Now I'm just trying to pull it all together and be like, is this the right thing for me to be doing right now? And it, it does bring up a lot of questions and it, making me think about what I want to do in the future. And yeah, how much do you trust yourself? How much do you need an expert? What do they bring? Lots and lots of questions. Um, so Hopefully soon I'll make a decision either way, but um, it's a it is a weird one because you said you don't know we don't necessarily know what we don't know, and it can be hard to work out at what point does education stop and advice needs to be con- um, like taken. Yeah, and I suppose it's the thing that we talk about of like delegation as well, isn't it? Like you really enjoy working with money, yes. so it's <laughs> like you know, is are you going to miss? You know, if you say to someone, okay, here's this invest it or I mean I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about I have no idea but you know like if if someone else is taking are you going to miss that part or does that mean you can put that energy into other aspects of money that that you work with and so I think it's that part as well isn't it like do we so you know it's all about delegate 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 and you know get pay experts to do things that you're not an expert on or whatever but then sometimes it's like, well, do we enjoy doing those things? You know, like, and it's, yeah, it, it is, um, it's an interesting question. Can I just ask quickly, how do financial advisors get paid? Do they get take commission or is it like a fee? Well, this is the whole, no, no, this is the whole reason. So basically um, the financial advisor I was talking to was working off a percentage basis. So there was a okay. fee. Um, however, one of the things that's one of the questions Lisa said to ask is around how does someone get paid? Because some financial advisors do get paid by a fee. And so then this brings up the, th- mm. the theory around which way would you rather pay someone? Like, would you rather get a percentage taken out of your investments? And then realistically, you've never really seen it. It never really matters. Or are you someone that's like, I'd rather play a flat, 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 flat fee, possibly up front. And then you know exactly where you are. So then you have to work out what's better for you. It's the whole, like, that brings up a whole other situation. So lots to consider. Yeah, but for me, that's easy because, well, I think that if you're, if someone's taken a percentage, then they're going to work as hard as they can to get that percentage as big as it, it can be. As in like, do you know what I mean? So for me, 
that that would do hundred. I wouldn't even think about mm. it. I'd be like, because I just know what people's work ethics are like and stuff. Not saying that the people who take a fee aren't going to work hard, but it's like you have to work for that money then. So, you know, and you're going to want to get the best return. It's a bit like estate agents, isn't it? Like they want to get the best commission. Yeah. So they're going to sell your house for the highest they possibly can. So that's my... Yeah, it's a very interesting thought. I definitely was more like, I'm going to look at it both. But I can understand what you're saying. Basically, this is why I'm figuring it out. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Um, great stuff. Well, I'm sure you'll update us when you've um, got a bit more clarity um, on that. Um, so something I watched recently and something that I'm going to ask Sherelle to watch at some point and maybe we do a deeper discussion because I think it's something that's probably important to both of us but it's called Coded Bias and it's a documentary that's recently been released on Netflix Um, and it's basically all about algorithms and how they are biased especially to um, or against people of colour and women but um, you know people of color especially and it kind of starts out with this um, woman who is studying at MIT which is like my absolute dream I'd love to study at MIT so um, in Massachusetts and she's taken this class and she said it's she describes it as it's a bit of a, a class where you can do something a bit fun so you have to create something that wouldn't really sit in the real world but it's trying to push your creativity you know so she works with AI and she's so she creates this mirror I mean this sounds incredible and I want one she creates this mirror that when you look into it it can put over the top of you like someone else's face so she basically said like she could look in this mirror right and it would put you know like a filter on snapchat or whatever it would put someone else's face on top of hers like Serena Williams and then she could say to herself you are amazing you are badass you are going to totally smash this day and it's like Serena Williams telling her all this stuff you know and like empowering her so the issue was she looked in the mirror and the camera so the the facial recognition camera said it couldn't see a face now this woman is black and she was like what like and so she she went into a room with better lighting did it again nothing she bought a white mask you know the type that you have in theater mm-hmm. put that on and it was like oh face recognized so she was like hold on what is going on here this is odd and it basically started this whole investigation into the bias within facial recognition which then led into the bias within algorithms with encoding everything and um yeah it's it you know you you all know that I love stuff like this especially with you know Tada, which is my organization which I work with but it's just so interesting to see how basically you know we all know that the tech is dominated by white males and um when ai was founded it was just this board of pure white men um and they sort of got to decide what ai was in that sense um and it goes through how you know we are now there was there was an there's an example um of a a van being on a london street i think it was near leicester square i want to say that's what it looked like 
and it was a police van and they were doing facial recognition to try and assume arrest people Mm. so they were trying to recognize people there was a, a woman from a an organization called Big Brother Watch, which are basically, she described them as we watch the watchers, okay? And she was handing out leaflets at the tube station saying, just be aware there's facial recognition vans down the street. And one, and this guy said, oh, that's awful. I don't want um, to be, for that to happen to me. And yeah, he may have committed a crime. He may have, I don't know. But, you know, he put his um, just hoodie up over his nose the police followed him, pulled him to one side and gave him a fine. And I was like, what? Hold on. Like, and she was saying, you know, we're in, we're in a democracy. We're in, you know, and, and, we're not, and they asked him for his ID. Like that, that is unheard of in, in England. Yes, it happens in developing countries. You know, I've been in India with friends who've been asked for their ID and stuff. And it's much more of a regular thing. But it was just, and then it just sort of builds and builds on this, how, um, you know, we are then getting AI into the world. And even though these developers are are coding it, they then don't know what's happening because Mm -hmm. it's like they can begin the code, but they can't control the code because the code is then controlled by the robots. Mm. So then we're a bit out of control. It just so much about it. I think I think it needs a bigger conversation, but ultimately um it is saying how discriminatory it is against people of colour mainly, but also women as well. The the person it recognizes the most is a white man. Yeah. It doesn't work as well for anyone else. I definitely will watch it. Send me the link. I will absolutely add that onto yeah. my watching schedule. And I definitely think we should be doing a full episode on it. And it's perfectly. And we we only tell each other literally before <laughs> we do the episode what we're going to talk about. Because my book was Invisible Women, Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men, which is by Caroline, I want to say Criado Perez, which Verity had mentioned to me, but you mentioned it ages ago. You Love mentioned it. it on the podcast. Ages ago. Love it. Yeah. And um, it was book of the month for Pearlhurst Book Club in April. So I finally read it and I'd just done the discussion this week. And oh my God gosh like what you're saying there's like so much so much correlation because like it talks about how voice recognition basically just isn't designed for women and so you can be in the car Mm. and you're trying to say something and it won't pick it up but if you ask the man in the car to say it ding dong all works yeah yeah 100 percent so there is clearly like such um close things about it and I think the thing for me about Invisible Women that I really liked about the book was that one it looks at women in all situations so I really like the fact some of it is about like developing countries and some of it is about like first world countries and so you really get to see just the disparity yeah. across the a real breadth rather than it just being for one part of the world but the thing that just shocked me I thought I'm so eye-opening is all the things where women's safety is actually just not considered like everything to do there's a whole chapter around like the medical side of it just absolutely appalled me that I just thought how on earth have we not got to a point where we're looking after the women of the world yeah and I think you know we I've spoke about this 
book before, but the in terms of safety, it's the car dummies that. Oh that my gosh, the thing for me. <laughs> The card we yeah, are paying. I... We are, but we are paying for something that is not properly being tested for women. Like, what, if you don't want to test it properly for women, don't let me. Don't let me give you my money. Don't take my money. That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Well, and I think the bit the biggest from personal experience, like I was in a car crash with a man. One was sat in the driver's seat. One was sat in the passenger seat. It was a bad, near-fatal car crash. He walked away. I suffered all the injuries. I took the entire impact of that crash. Was you driving? No, he was driving. He was driving. The reason why I say it's interesting, so in the book it talks about how um, women are out of position when they drive because because most women are shorter than reference man reference man is in inverted commas um it means most women have to be closer so that they can actually put their feet on the gears um and that's why yeah. a lot of the impact is worse now i was in a crash that was uh, head on and i got massive whiplash i had a guy in the car next to me as far as i can remember like you were saying he was fine I was doing my dance degree at the time I remember having to go to hospital they put me on crazy drugs I was like basically high off like codeine for like however long lying down yeah. on my back missing out on on dancing um and yeah. and I'm like and I pay for that car I pay for a car that's not properly tested even though that you now have you know, they're now meant to have a woman dummy. It's like, well, why have you created it if you're not going to do all the same tests? And it baffles me. Like, it really, really baffles me that I think actually they are able to get away with that when we, as women, are buying the product. Like, some of the stuff in there is, I think, is much more... There's other stuff that's way more shocking, but at least I think that's just, like, society at large. But where, as a consumer, you're not even taking our, um, yeah. our needs properly, especially when it's safety needs horrifies me honestly it's a book that I'm going to tell everyone to read yeah and can you see why I was so like read it read it when I did because it just I think a bit like coded bias it's making me realize how asleep I've been and that's not a criticism to me and that's not a criticism to anyone who hasn't heard about this before we're meant to be asleep because if we're told these things then we get passionate about changing them. And then the patriarchy have to deal with these irritating women trying to change the world for the better. <laughs> and they can't be bothered with that. They're so, not going to have to deal with um, this because they're going to put yeah, them on antidepressants. So that's, because clearly that's what they do. They just make women go on antidepressants. So they're not going to have to deal with us. <laughs> well, yeah, but then there's ones like me who go on the antidepressants and then get out of them. And then are like, right, mate, come on, I'm ready. I've been through I've been through the mill now. <laughs> Try and mess with me. But it's it's um an incredible book. And I actually listened to it on Audible. So if you think this sounds great, but it sounds a bit intense, maybe try and listen to it because that may help. You know, if if you're not, it's quite number heavy, isn't it? And if you yes. if you don't enjoy numbers or not great with numbers, then maybe listen to it, it might help it just kind of uh, be, be more accessible um to you um on on kind of that theme and it just so happens um there's a there's a article in the conversation that was um released uh, a few weeks ago that i read called british people have unusual views on inequality okay so 
in a nutshell, um, it kind of says how, um, you know, we're coming out the end of lockdown and the crisis has ruthlessly exposed how our vulnerability to shock varies hugely. The extent to which our lives have been altered by the experiences of the past year is determined by a complex web of existing inequalities across gender sorry, across genders, age groups, races, income levels, social classes, and place. Um, And then it kind of just goes on to say that there was um, the Policy Institute at King's College London and Ipsos Mori um, did a 28th country study um, and looked at what the British public thinks are the most serious forms of inequality today against the backdrop of COVID and how opinions compare with those in other nations. So obviously we'll put the links to the show notes, but what it was saying is it's, um, we found that Britons are unusually focused on inequalities between areas in Britain. Mm -hmm. So just over half, 51%, say inequalities between more and less deprived areas of the country are one of the most serious types of equalities. Um, this is much higher than the European average of 39%. So we in Britain are feeling that gap of the super rich and the super poor and everything sort of in between that. We're really feeling that, which for a developed country is bonkers really, isn't it? I mean, the whole point of a developed country is that wealth isn't fairly distributed but you know those extremes shouldn't really exist so um you know Germany 22 percent that you know so it's it's very different story in Germany um it says the there's many possible reasons um the UK has an unusually centralized state and a London dominated economy for example which is interesting because both me and Sherelle can see how that is changing I, I would be an already changed a little bit um so so there's that aspect and then it also then looks at gender um where in Europe um it's a top concern by 33% of Europeans um, but only 23% um of Britons um so that's really interesting as well one thing that I um, so, and also just something to add, the World Economic Forum in 2020 um, ranked Britain as the 21st most gender equal country in the world, which again, what doesn't make sense or maybe does make sense. And this is a whole other thing as well, but we're in, is it the G8? So we're the top eight um, richest country by GDP, aren't we? So really we should be in the top eight when it comes to gender equality, you know, do you know what I mean? Or are we in the top eight GDP because we're not in the top eight gender equality? Because if, oh, Chevelle's looking, because I'm going oh, on my yeah. soapbox now. No, no, no. But, but you know, question. if we did, yeah, but if we did have gender equality, would we have lower GDP, but higher we're actually an all-round better country with less racism, with better mental health, da 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 da, da. I don't know. Anyway, I'll leave that for you to all think about. But yeah, it was really interesting. We'll, we'll pop the link in the show notes. The one thing that I want to go into a bit more, and this is the reason why I do the work that I do with, with Tadar.org, is who did they ask? Because this 
determines the answers we have you know did did they ask a true range of people across the country did they ask someone living in Mayfair and someone living around the corner from me on a council estate in Blackpool or was it very much typical Guardian readers that they asked you know who did they actually ask so that's something that is really important to me to put it into context but we'll pop the link in the show notes yeah there's some definitely some interesting stats and facts and those questions at the end about G8 and I think there's so much mm. so much that needs to be delved into about yeah what impact inequality in the gender has actually on our GDP and also are people making wrong decisions because they think that it will have a detrimental effect but it could actually have a good effect so we will know well I'm going to bring the tone right down with what I've been watching <laughs> good <laughs> um, it was a a film called Rat Race, which was filmed in 2001, so 20 years ago, it was released. Mm. I was like, gosh. Oh my God, is that I, 20 years ago? I know, yeah. Um, but basically, it is um, set in a casino where people are all, they're all gambling, they're all doing whatever, and they get a, like a questionable coin comes out of like slot machines and stuff and so they go to ask to the, to the till whatever they're like oh like it's not normal money what we're meant to do and they're all told to go upstairs to this room and basically the owner of the casino says there was an opportunity for all of them get given a key and he says x i think something like 560 miles away in a room is a locker that has two million pounds in it whoever gets there first gets the money so it's a race <laughs> and what's into so and the film is ridiculous like I'm just I'm not talking telling you to watch this film because the film is good like the film is some of it is so stupid I'm like like it's got um who's in it anyone Mr Bean who Mr Bean's in it oh my Whoopi Goldberg's um, in it Rowan Atkins yeah Rowan Atkins yeah oh I love Whoopi <laughs> like there are some very recognizable um names in it but it's just also like foolish comedy like it's just ridiculous but so they're but the the dark side of it is actually the reason why they're doing this is because there are a whole load of very very rich men who are then all betting on who will win and so the casino person (gasps) has basically said you know he's taking the get the betting gambling world the next level for very rich men (sighs) so he's it's win-win for him. He's not losing two million. He'll be making that on the bet, sort of thing. Yeah, is that what you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but also, it's not oh, that. And it's betting also, on human beings. Yeah, they're okay. betting on human beings, and it's all like ridiculously rich men. You can just see that sort of like dark world of just like we've got so much money, we can just bet on anything, and yeah, like make the like make the poor people fight sort of mentality, which is just a little bit. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. So it's a real. It's a very funny film. Very stupid, whatever. But I think it's also just for me was this whole thing around like you know what what are rich people doing to us? What are they making us do that we're unaware of? You know, the, the contestants never had an idea about it. Um, and there, there was just very dark sides to very, very wealthy men. And it's, yeah, it's a, just a just a interesting one for me to have watched, um, especially given all the conversations. So it's an old one. There's probably someone in it that you know, if you've got a bit of time, if you've got a rainy Sunday, <laughs> then I would definitely say it's fine. Like it's fine. It's not the end of the, it's not a be all and end all, but I thought it, it just brought some things for me that just thought like, how big does gambling get? And also like, what do we make people do for money? Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big questions. Big questions. And yeah, no. it's going to lead on to this week's live prompt because... Great. The question that I wanted to ask is, obviously, the reason why these people are running is it's $2 million. And so they're willing to do ridiculous things to try and travel all this way and beat all the other people, basically, to this money. So I wanted to ask, what do you class as a life-changing sum of money? And what would get that amount of money due to your life? Because I was like, fine, $2 million is pretty clear to me that that's a lot of money. If it was 1 million, if it was 500,000, if it was like, at what point do you get to the point where it's not worth like doing that race? And you know, that's always a bit of this question, isn't yeah. it? With people. And I was like, a lot of us haven't, we haven't actually asked ourselves about what we do think is a life change to my money. Like lots of people say they want to be richer, but it's a very vague statement. Yeah. Or they say, oh, I want to win the lottery. But the thing is, there's 10 pound win on the lottery and there's, 50 grand and there's you know everything in between isn't there it's but I think everyone sees that and even the jackpots vary it can be like 1.1 million or it can be 20 and they're two very different but is there a point where they say don't they like like is there a tipping point where you say have 1 million and then if you had 100 million it doesn't matter because it's still enough I don't yeah it's a really interesting question I have no idea how to answer that yeah no there is there is a curve there's a whole theory around like enough money in this point where increasing your money there is a direct correlation between like happiness and increasing what you have until you get to a certain point and then it does start to it doesn't make a difference anymore so I think we are about to go into our fabulous money money series which we are so excited to bring out into the world so excited so 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 excited (gasps) but I think just trying to even answer this question before you go into all of that like we're going to go through everything around Mm. like how to budget, saving, investing, managing your debt, making more money. Like no matter what part of the financial journey you are on right now, we are going to be having an expert on to talk you through that process. But I think before we even, you listen to those, actually just yourself try and really think like, what is enough money for me? Like what is a life changing sum of money? What, where am I actually trying to get? Because I think getting that into your brain um, will help for all the other um, information you're about to absorb over the next five weeks. Yeah, and maybe like the why. Like uh, the, the reason I say that is because like, I think of, okay, well, if I got 2 million, could I make that into 10 million if I used it right? Do you know what's, you know, like, could I invest? Could I buy property? That's where I think, or maybe 50 grand is enough for someone because they know they can turn that into 5 million easy because they've already got systems in place. Or So it's that why, isn't it? But yeah, going back to the money series, we have the most incredible experts on uh, some such amazing interviews. I think both me and Sherelle learn so, so much. We're both very different areas of our money stories, uh, different places, and we both took loads away. So we are, yeah, so excited for it. I can't wait, can't wait. So yes, that will be the next episode, won't it? The start of that. It will be. The next episode will be the first one. So if you know anyone any of the women out there that are trying to sort out their money, this would be the time to say, come and listen to Free and Figuring It Out. Share it with all your friends. It's going to be starting um, next Friday with the first episode. There's going to be five episodes, so get everyone to listen. Also, it's much better 
to have some another friend listening and then you can start to have a conversation because the reason why we're doing this series is to start us talking about money that's what we're really passionate about lots yeah. of the issues around the gap of wealth around money is because women aren't talking about it and so we're having a conversation with these guests but what we really want is for you to then continue that conversation you can come over to all our social channels as always and talk to us but also if you share it with your friends so you can have conversations with them it's going to make everything even better so as always you can come and find us on social we are at free and figuring it out and you can drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com and please 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 do come back tune in next friday it's gonna be a good one thank you so much for listening to this episode of free and figuring it out don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment and if you want to be a superstar please leave us a review or you can get in touch with us drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you until next time